Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Oh, and we're back. And some of my, some of my least favorite discussions, the things that frustrate me most domestically. How about that stuff? So do you want to talk about guns? You want to talk about the shooter in Michigan, that the family, the whole debacle that is, (laughs) I have a new phrase, Jeffrey, What is more more Republicans in office just means more dead kids. I mean, sounds well, right? It's time now something positive we might be headed to the promised land of speaking the truth and finding our external liberty once we internally liberate ourselves problem can only be solved when there is a kind of coalition of conscience conscience this is the beginning it is not the finale and that's why we're here and that's why we rally 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 We've got to be that creative minority. Creative minority. Find a way to get in the way. I got in trouble. It was good trouble. It was necessary trouble. Frankly, I know we've got to do something. Do something. I'm going for it. Like Republican voters have blood on their hands. Well, this, let's see. This, I next, mean, this next election. I mean, given that you know you have a large percentage, like uh, basically information that's out there right now, ninety mm-hmm. percent of ninety percent of people who are aligned democratically have uh, been vaccinated, with ten percent not. But when it comes down to Republicans, it's been more like fifty-fifty. Yeah. Or sixty-forty or something like that. It's mm. it's 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 wild. And then when you look at the data of who's dying, that's being conglomerated by the CDC. And I will say from all of these individual reporting states, right? CDC is not making this shit up. They're right. getting they this gather. information from, from each state. And you can, you can go look up your own states. Right. You can look right. up your own state's information. The reality is, is that unvaccinated people are 14 times more likely to die than vaccinated people are. That's as of the last two week period. You know, what's interesting. I went and got my booster last week, Mm -hmm. 10 people in front of me in line, 
all conservatives, all conservatives, and all getting their boosters, which tells me six months ago, they got their shots. You know what I mean? Like, I think there's a misconception. I think at a community level, it's more based on people's fears more than it is political. Oh, absolutely. And and really, like, this shouldn't have been a political thing to begin with. Like, it really right? shouldn't have been. Anthony Fauci, the communist. What? <laughs> what what shots for everybody? Right. Oh, God. <laughs> Yeah, you know, you know, damn good and well, Ted Cruz is bitching about vaccines and blah, blah, blah. But you know, that fucker got his shot. Yeah. And yeah. he's just being a fucking prick to everybody else. Yeah, he's just being a prick. I don't know. Because it's TV time. It's t- it, that's Well, always. yeah, that, that dude loves to hear himself talk. That's really mm-hmm. what it boils down to. Well, he thinks other people like to hear him talk when he knows that he they don't, because whenever he talks, they don't listen unless he does some stupid conspiracy shit like this. I'm convinced that Ted Cruz just jerks off to Ted Cruz talking about Ted Cruz. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. I mean, oh I don't God. I don't have any explanation how one person can have their head that far up their own ass. Yeah, I know. I know. So whatever. Uh mm. but I would say let's go with let's start with guns. Yeah. Uh, maybe I want, because I want to say I want to get a an, another debate going. I did. I posted our gun series debate from a year ago, September. Jeffrey, there was actual footage in the theme song of Kyle Rittenhouse. You know, it was so weird to go back and listen to like what the news reports said from people at the time to what the court ruled it was just so interesting to me so go check that out on youtube it's under red light spotlight playlist and it's pretty interesting but jeffrey you weren't there for that and i want to get another network debate going because i think i think we need to keep discussing it well so this is this one's a fucking mess up one side and down the other um yeah yeah but not in the same way that you know the the whole rittenhouse debacle was right so this is this is you know when when you have when you have one segment of the population saying you know these these shootings are all mental health issues mental health issue mental health issue mental health issue you know i'm not inclined to necessarily disagree because there has to be some level of mental health issue and when you're willing to go kill a bunch of people that's right that said it it seems as though there was a very clear picture painted of this being a mental health issue Mm -hmm. and the parents chose to do nothing. Right. So what we do there's, so let's start with what we don't know. They they didn't ignore him. They encouraged him. I think there's a slight difference there. You know what I mean? But I want to say like, uh, from what I've seen seen is it's, it's, it's a mixture of both. Right. What I'm saying though is, Mental health is a gray area that we have to, it's a slippery slope. We have to be careful. We can't just blame every gun violence incident on it because then innocent people that are feeling sad five years from now could be tagged. So I want to be careful on that, that mental health goes in coordination with other things. If, if I feel like killing people and I have no access to a gun, then I'm not going to be able to do it as readily. So there's other factors too. Eh, 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 there's there's a, there are other factors, but we we can go into that. 
And it um, comes down to regulate yourself, which is what we always say. <laughs> well, yeah, regulate yourself before somebody mm-hmm. regulates you. So right. let's let's start with some un, some things that we know we don't know about um, this whole situation. Yeah. Um, number one, we don't know a whole lot about the kid's mental health or what he was searching, what he was writing, what he was doing prior to, uh, I would say, before he got the gun. Um, cause he got it as a, cause he got it as, as a Christmas present. Right. Um, now there's a bunch of people out there that are probably going to be pissed. And I'm going to tell you, like, I got guns for Christmas and birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you lived but, in Montana. That makes that make that's rational and it makes sense. But, but here's the thing though, <laughs> you know, it shouldn't boil down to where you live being the thing that makes the sense, you know, the thing that quote unquote makes sense. I got a BB gun <laughs> when I was seven. I got a semi-automatic yourself- 22. If you're protecting yourself from coyotes and wolves, that's different than being in the city protecting yourself from a, a, a mocha cappuccino. You know. <laughs> I don't know, Sorry. man. There's, there's uh, living in the city. There's, there's a lot more to protect yourself against than what you would think growing up. Yeah, out. I know. But you know, but here's the thing: is is that getting a gun for your birthday is about responsibility. Number one, yes, and of course. the the question of whether or not the kid or the parents were thinking about this child's responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, it just goes to show that they weren't. Now I grew up around guns. Mm-hmm. If this was very much a very normalized part of my life, I, I had to take classes on using guns. I had to go out in the field hunting with my parents. Um, I wanted to too. I wanted to, too. Uh, I, I went shooting for fun. I went shoot, you know, but with my parents, I went shooting for food. I went, uh, I went, I had to shoot some stuff because I had to, you know, more Um, more responsibility with more education. Yeah. And, and when you, and when you were irresponsible and you fucked up, um, you, you got called onto the carpet a number of ways. Now I'm not saying all the ways that have that happened to me were probably the best ways but the lessons stuck i will say that <laughs> right but 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 when you're dealing with firearms one of the things that you have to think about is is that it doesn't take a very big fuck up in order to really fuck up that's right you that's know right. i have a friend who uh who his the last four years of his life changed because he wasn't paying attention while cleaning his gun and he damn near died from a gunshot wound to his own leg. Yeah. Alec Baldwin's career is over because he didn't pay attention. That's another thing we're going to get into. Ooh. Um, like since we're on the topic of guns. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the reality is, is, is that when it comes to giving a kid a gun, like, especially like anywhere that you might live, oh, I think, it's I, I, I think it, it I think it should should be considered normal but i also think that that idea of normal needs to be highly predicated on the idea that this kid is going out with you this kid is shooting with you this kid is learning mm-hmm. with you this kid is taking classes with you you're, and by you're, themselves regu- as well. you're regulating his education absolutely because and being regulated in your own education at the same time because as any firearm owner will tell you it's you know, people who don't know anything about guns are usually the ones that are the most dangerous with them. Um, mm-hmm. You know, even just going back to Rittenhouse and, and that for a moment, that that fucking uh, prosecutor took that assault rifle and fucking flagged the jury with an empty gun. 
gun safety number one, treat every gun as if it were loaded. Right. You don't fucking flag anybody with a gun loaded or unloaded. That's how mm-hmm. Alec Baldwin ends up in his situation. And that is a fucking nightmare. So right. people who know nothing about guns and gun safety are far more likely to, you know, like the unvaccinated population, people who know nothing about gun safety are far more likely to end up negligently hurting somebody because right. they don't know what the fuck they're doing. And mm-hmm. that's a problem. Then you got to move into the whether or not, you know, you have the the ethical responsibility of doing anything with that firearm. And I can't speak to that kid's mindset. I don't know if that kid went through any sort of firearms training in any way, shape, right. or form. We don't know, you know the conversation his exactly. parents had before purchasing that gun Absolutely. or the experience he had. Absolutely. Like from my experience, you know, I had years of hunting with my parents Uh, going along on hunting trips, going shooting with parents before I went into hunter safety. Like I was, I had spent five years walking around with a BB gun on my, on my property, plinking little, you know, plinking birds or whatever I happened to quote Mm -hmm. unquote find a shoot, which was usually just me shooting at trees and bushes and um, you know, because there wasn't anything to shoot. Again, in a more rural area. (laughs) Again, in a more rural area. I grew up in Montana. Um, but the idea was, is that, you know, you get used to, you get used to handling that firearm safely and mm-hmm. you get used to, you know, that self-responsibility. Did I fuck up with a BB gun? Yeah, sure. I did. Probably. <laughs> did, oh yeah, absolutely. I've, I've had my fair share of ricochets come back and smack me and scare the shit out of me. <laughs> then again, you also had somebody to go fall back on and say, what did I do wrong? You know exactly. what I mean? But, but then, you know, at nine, I got a semi-automatic 22 that I still have. That's and so, beautiful. and so guess what? They're the, the, you up the ante and being able to fuck up 22 can actually travel a long fucking ways. What most people yeah. don't realize those things can actually, th- those bullets can actually go out about a mile. I didn't know that, but I believe it. It's a yeah. small caliber though, right? It's, it's a the small smallest. caliber. It, it's a makes it a caliber. good starting set. It's a, it's good for uh, target practice. I I used it in the beginning to target practice. So they're great for target practice. They're great for small varmints. Like mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many fucking, uh, you know, prairie dogs and and rabbits that I I shot with that thing. You know, right. that's that's very much you know. But but there again, it's like you leveled up. You know, with a BB gun, yeah, you you probably, you know, it was either going to suck if you got shot with one or ricocheted with one, but you know, the likelihood of you dying because you fucked up with a BB gun pretty minimal. 22, you can kill a person with a 22. Right. I mean, it, it's a lot easier to do it. Um you can, so, you can really hurt somebody with a BB gun right off the bat, but like oh yeah. you had you had some training and education before you reached the point of going solo even with the BB gun. You know? Absolutely. Like okay. I was I, you know, I had to I had to learn how to shoot from my dad. I had to mm-hmm. you know, one of my one of my favorite lessons of of shooting was right after I got, you know, that BB gun. It was Christmas time, I was with my dad we set up some targets in the, in the fucking garage, you know, just some, you know, styrofoam cups and, you know, lesson number one, know your lesson number two in gun gun safety, know your target and beyond. And my dad shot that BB gun. It went through the cup, bounced off the metal, came right back and hit him in the fucking eye. No shit. Wow. And so like one of my first lessons, what? Sorry. Is he Ralphie? <laughs> right. You'll shoot your eye out. 
which is why like when i go shooting i wear ipro guess what it's mm-hmm. like you know shit happens <laughs> and and so yeah. when i go shooting i'm wearing ballistic eye pro uh, because i don't want to catch a bullet in my eye i watched my dad catch a bb in his eye it's always and he's lucky to learn he's lucky he didn't lose his eye he lost yeah. vision in it for about a day and then it came back yeah. and he was fine yeah, but I remember awful, watching awful him like fucking hit the deck after he got it. Cause I just hear pow, ding, fuck. Oh. And he just drops. Yeah. It's easier to learn a lesson from somebody else's mistake than it is to learn from yours. So pay attention to other people. <laughs> yeah. And especially if the yeah. mistake is small enough, <laughs> you know, you both get to learn the lesson, but when the mistake is big enough, you, then mm. you're going to be lucky if you survive it. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, so there was a lot of learning, like, Sure, guns were fun and cool, but you didn't fuck around with them. And if you did fuck around with them, there were consequences that you paid for that. Like, you know, luckily, like, you know, my most of my egregious, uh, my egregious mistakes were flagging people with a rifle or with a shotgun. And, you know, not not a good day. This shouldn't be a good day when you do that. And when I taught hunter safety, I had to kick a kid out who consistently flagged everybody at the range because Yep. Like, self-regulation so, yep so when i was in hunter safety we had to carry around literally the, these things were you know they they would get like a, a rifle stock or a shotgun stock and then they would just put a couple of wooden dowels on it so that way it, mm. you know and painted the wooden dowel black and that right. was your gun and you would have to walk around with this thing and you'd have to store it safely you when whenever we did stuff you and move around you had to hold this thing safely and you had to make sure that, you know, you had it pointed away from everybody else. Your finger wasn't on the trigger, things like that. So, like, you got a lot of practice before you got into the real thing. Exactly. And then when we got out into field day, you know, we had we had actual live firearms that we would shoot with. But even still, our field day, when I was a kid, still was with those wooden guns. Now, when I got into hunter, when I got into teaching hunter safety in the place that I did, Kids would actually carry around um, actual firearms, but instructors had to go through and they had to check each of those firearms and they had uh, you know, tape to show that they were cleared and locked and all of that other fun stuff. So you couldn't actually do anything with the firearm. So like they'd have right. bolt locks in them and things like that. It's a progression of education though. Exactly. Get used to actually carrying a firearm, you know, mm-hmm. and the consequences are swift and severe. So I can't speak to any of that with, with what this kid might may or may not have done. Uh, right. what I'm, what I am saying here is strictly my experience with mm-hmm. firearms and, and instruction and growing up around guns. Are guns cool? Absolutely. Idiots are not cool. And that's whether, whether it's kids or whether it's parents, it doesn't matter. And, and idiots raising idiots, raising idiots. Eventually exactly. there's going to be a loss in the fucking curve. You know what I mean? <laughs> Absolutely. So we have, we have nothing to, we have nothing to say what this kid's experience training, what the parents experience training, any of it was prior to this incident. Right. What we can, what we do know is, is that number one, the gun that was used was purchased for the kid. There's some debate over whether or not the gun was locked up. Now, yeah, I will the say, parents say it was. The parents, you know, the parents say it was. The you know, the prosecutors, media said it wasn't. Now, here's here's where I'm going to say that this is where it becomes, you know, an interesting gray area. 
a gun can be locked up, but if it's readily accessible, that doesn't mean that it's necessarily locked up. So for example, right. let's say that the kid has the key or the code to a gun safe. That does not right. mean that the firearm is stored securely. And at least in the eyes of the law here in right. Washington, especially now <clears throat> having concealed weapon permit is a little bit different. Um, but even still, not at 15, <laughs> right? You don't have a concealed weapon permit at 15. In fact, no. I'm pretty sure if I remember right, I'm pretty sure every, in every state you have to be 21 in order to have a concealed weapons permit. I think so. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to remember the reciprocity laws. Hmm. Um, you have but to be 21 in the state of Washington. The and, prosecutor saying it wasn't locked up because obviously he used it, right? So, well, and, and, and the parents might be like, "Well, we locked it up," and he might have unlocked it and took it. Right. Out. Well, and that's and that's and then that's the other question is is you know if if you know for example like you know anybody who has any type of safe, you're gonna have a couple of you're you're gonna have a couple of different mentalities. Number one, some people carry their safe keys with them. Some mm-hmm. people stash their safe keys in other locations. Right. Um, it's different for everybody. Um, you know, I'm of the mindset of I keep my safe. I don't put my safe keys with with my car keys because the last thing I need to do is lose my safe key and my house key at the same time. Yeah, right. Uh, but at the same time, my safe keys are not in the same place as the safe itself. So, mm. uh, and, and you know, just that kind of separation of, you know, you have to make intentional moves if you're going to get into the safe. Yeah. Or you, you have to be told the code if you're going to be able to get into the safe. Mm-hmm. And so there'll be more information that comes out on that. And Bill, if you get your kid a gun, you're responsible for that for absolutely. the rest of time, right? Like not not for the until they're eighteen. Oh well, you're you, if 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 your kid is thirty and kills somebody with a gun you bought, you're still gonna feel that shit. You know? Oh, I mean, don't get me wrong. <laughs> you know, you're you're definitely gonna feel that shit. Absolutely. I mean, not legally responsible, but morally, you're gonna feel that. Absolutely. I, ho- I hope you do. <laughs> you know, because you're always you're gonna always have that question of you know how did I you know what did I do to teach them or not teach them? But at some right. point, at right. some point, even as a parent, like you've instilled enough life lessons in your kid, mm-hmm. and and it's an ongoing process. Oh, my mom's still teaching me shit, and I'm 36. Yeah. You know, and it's and I know that having kids of my own, I'm gonna be teaching them stuff as they get older and they're gonna ask for my knowledge or mm-hmm. they're gonna watch me screw up and go, hmm, that was awful. I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> right. Or they're gonna screw up, fix it, and hide it from you, but learn a lesson that way. You know, you know. Yeah, hey, that sounds familiar. Uh, but <laughs> sometimes you wanna you want in training, sometimes you're on your own and you fail and you gotta fix it before the boss comes back, you know. <laughs> right, 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 exactly. <clears throat> but you know, in this case, you know, you without, without way. knowing, without knowing the training thing, we move into what we do know. Mm-hmm. Number one, the kid got caught researching ammo. Now, this is tough. Um, I don't know what the, what he was able to look up, pull up on the computer personally, uh, you know, whether the school allows stuff like that to be searched is, you know, that's on, that's, that's up to the school, but I thought it was on his phone and a student saw it and reported it. Not sure. I've heard on a school computer. Yeah, that's my problem. With uh, that. it's, you know, well, we won't know until later, but the, but the issue there is, is that, um, searching ammo. 
but like i you know searching ammo is is one thing like uh-huh. especially like if if you know given number one if you know anything about guns ammo is hard to find right now and good priced ammo is hard to find right now um if, I'm so, go, if I have a gun, I'm looking for different ammos. I want to know what each one of them does. I want to know what they're made of. I want to know which one's more powerful, less powerful. I want to learn about ammo if I just got a right. gun. That makes sense. I don't know if you should be doing it during class or in school. That's, that's, that's <laughs> not a, yeah, that's, that's not the greatest thing. Like, unless you're like, unless you're in like what I did, I was actually in uh physics class and I was researching ballistics because guess what? Ballistics are part of physics. Right. And you know whether whether it's bullets, whether it's catapults, whether mm-hmm. it's rocketry, you know there's a, there's an element of physics to it. But it, it, it's about intent. What, what what was your intent on searching this? Mm. I was searching up ballistics and ballistics charts, not because I wanted to go shoot up my tiny little school, but uh-huh. because I was in physics and I wanted to learn more about uh, the physics behind how different bullets operate. Mm-hmm. You know, is there? I, I also is there don't think I don't think a child should be like shopping at all during class. Like that was my point. Like, oh, absolutely. It's not the bullets; it's the shopping. I don't think somebody should be shopping for shoes while they're trying to learn either. You know. But but also too, like I don't know that he was actually shopping. I don't know what he was looking at. We know that he was looking right. at bullets. We don't know what the reason or the cause was. Window shopping, let's say. Maybe. So Maybe. so number one, and and what ends up happening is, is the school reaches out and says, "Hey, this you know is a little concerning." Mm-hmm. Look, uh, all I can tell you is where I grew up. Like, if we would have had this level of technology when I grew up, if you didn't think that there were about thirty kids that went hunting after school that wouldn't be looking up bullets, right? You'd be crazy. It's it's you know difference. You know, absolutely. You, you know, once again, are it many goes down people to an hunting? Intent. Are many people hunting with a nine millimeter? Oh hell no! Are you kidding? But I don't. Once again, I don't know what he was looking up. Like we know right, he was I'm looking just, up bullets. Yeah. Don't know, know if he was looking up nine millimeter or what. See, this is a person. <laughs> this is a personal thing for me in the fact that every every gun has its purpose. It's built to do something. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't use a bazooka to target practice. I no. wouldn't. I wouldn't carry around an AR-15 in an in a city environment. I don't need something that goes. 10 miles and shoots through everything it passes in the city so what i'm saying is like a pistol is is good for city protection but you don't need a like a long rifle (laughs) to go around your your neighborhood on on um you know whatever and i would say that as somebody who lives in the city but also has rifles you know it's it's about what you plan to do with them you know that's my point yeah if you're if you're getting attacked pulling out a rifle doesn't make as much sense as a gun in that moment of being mugged so for me oh absolutely well absolutely not situational things well that well and that's where you go back to gun safety and the four rules number one know your target and beyond like Mm -hmm. if you have an ar you know you're there's a good chance that you're going to have something that's going to go through and through and then the question is is what's beyond that but my point is if a mugger is standing a foot away from you asking you for your wallet you don't really have the room to pull out your ar and shoot it. it's longer than a pistol so for me it's just about utilitarianism it isn't about power or anything you Mm -hmm. you don't you use certain things for other things and you use a pistol to protect yourself in an urban environment. To me, that's how I feel that rifles and long guns are more for hunting and more for the uniqueness. Well, rifles of rifles are meant for long distance engagements. That's let's right. be real. Let's be real honest. Which, are, which still, are, which aren't as many in an urban environment. 
No, they're not as many in an urban environment unless you're in a much more open setting. Okay, you thank know. you. I just needed to clarify that from like Absolutely. a year that's, ago because I'm, I don't like, think I don't think uh, um, rifles are more deadly than a pistol. I don't think a pistol is more deadly than a rifle. I think you use certain things for certain things. That's all. Oh, I'm, I'm, and that's me. the thing is like I'm a surgeon with either one of them. So like mm -hmm. I'm a surgeon with a 22, and a 22 doesn't exactly have a hell of a lot of stopping power, but I can put four strategically sh uh, placed shots, and I can take a person down real quickly. Sure, sure, but it would be easier if you had an AR-15 and a scope if it was say a thousand Let, yards away. Uh, well, I mean, well, so <laughs> at a thousand yards away, you're you're starting to push the limits of of that AR. <laughs> well, you're not going out and hunting bear with a 22 pistol. It's you're just not a, hunting, you know, man. If you're you hunting I mean? bear with anything like, less than a 308, you're nuts. <laughs> but there's different things for different purposes, and that's my that's Absolutely. what I had a there's... problem with with Kyle Rittenhouse. Was an AR-15 isn't a close quarters combat sort of uh, weapon, you know? And so to me, it was just stupid. Well, <laughs> I mean, it's it's not a close quarters combat weapon, absolutely. And and whether or not, like, this is the tough part is is that you know what you're to kind of go back into this a little bit. That would be like saying that you know the U.S. military being positioned in say somewhere like Fallujah shouldn't have had their M4s on them at all because it's a city. That's not right. the right answer. You know, that's that's not the right answer simply because like, you know, what you have to realize is is that. You know, it's about accuracy. At at 50 yards, a an AR is going to be a hell of a lot more accurate in terms of round placement than a pistol is. And but so what that's about one yard, one yard, one yard, okay, one foot, close quarters in a in a in a room with a confrontation. I'm not. I understand what you're saying. I just don't think it makes sense to pull out a long gun to shoot at it somebody all, that's shorter than that gun length is you know it all depends like it all depends on what you have available to you mm -hmm. and that's yeah, the, that's, true. And that's, the that's difference. true if you only have an ar available to you that's what you're going to pull out whether or not it's the right yes. tool. you can we can you can have all the discussions about whether it's the right tool for the job mm -hmm. um like in terms of home defense if I, you know, with an AR, yeah, no, I'm not going to pull an AR out in my home. Why? Because that's that bullet's going to go through every fucking wall in my house. Yeah, that's and I kind stand of my a point. chance, and I stand a chance of inadvertently hitting somebody else. Whereas that pistol, yeah. it's probably going to go through a few walls because let's be real honest, sheetrock is not going to stop much, <laughs> right. but but it's going to lose a lot more velocity based on mm -hmm. the caliber and the cartridge of the gun than it is, say, an AR. Right. But once again that's that's a huge distraction because what you know determining what the tool for the job is is yes. very different than application and what you what you have as the right what you have as a tool and what the right tool is is often two very different discussions well i agree but if you have a choice to bring a pistol to a court close quarter protest you know, or an ar-15 i just find it funny that you would choose an AR-15 for close quarters. That's that's it. It's like you're saying. Oh, would, yeah, oh yeah. No, I know. mean, the, the likelihood of shooting somebody and having it inadvertently hit somebody else yeah. in the crowd. I mean, look, once again, look what happened with Alec Baldwin and a, mm -hmm. just a long, cold <laughs> pistol. You know, he ha he brought a pistol and that went through somebody else. That went through one person and hit somebody else as well. So, I mean, the reality is, is, is that when it comes to any sort of gun whatsoever, you know, you are making calculated decisions when you're using that gun. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. But to to talk about what is going to be the best option, I mean, the best option, like with Kyle Rittenhouse, is that that kid should have never been brought over there by his mom, and that's the real answer. Um, but moving past that, one of the things that we have to consider with this case out of Michigan is, is that uh, – besides besides the training was the fact that the parents were put on notice and the parents were put on notice multiple times so you know you have the hey your kid's looking up ammo it's like okay don't in the end mom says and the mom says you know you just can't get caught doing it it's like right not the right answer i'm gonna go with it's like hey you know what i appreciate you wanting to look up ammo do it at home yep Yep, yep. Do but there might have been a plan to have a further discussion. Like, you know, your kid's kind of depressed lately, and you want to make sure you're not attacking him. You know, and right, right. Him, so, so, so it's so you've got that, and then the next piece, which is, um, the kid starts. The, the, this is where things get real damning really fast, where the kid put a drawing out there of a bunch of people lying around bloody, and said i and it said i can't make the thoughts stop please help yep so at that point like this is where it gets real tough because there should have been more involved here than just the the teachers and the parents i will say that because when you see a drawing like that that should be, you know, you've got a school resource officer or you've got a school uh, psychiatrist, um, a mental health, a mental health law enforcement professional get involved. That is one of those situations where I don't know what, I don't know what Michigan's protocols are, but that right there, uh, you know, cause the parents were like trying to play it off as a joke. And yeah. And I don't know how you see that and ever let that kid go away. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I don't, I don't see, I don't know how, like as a parent, like if one of my kids drew something like that, 
Yeah. No, we're 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 having some discussions immediately with a mental health professional. I mean, there's and no I'm going way you're walking shit. away from that. No, and I'm going through inspiring. their. Sh- no way, I'm going through their shit. It's like, right. look, there there are a few times that I'm ever going to like straight up go through your stuff, mm-hmm. but something like that, I'm going through your shit, and and I'm going through it thoroughly. You know, I keep my stuff locked up for a good yeah. reason, and and uh, you know, only two people know where what the codes and the keys are, and they're both adults. I like that, and and there's a reason for that. Um, no, so they pulled the, they pulled the kid and the parents and the teacher and the principal in for a meeting, right? I'm not sure how many, but I know it was the teacher yeah, and I the parents for sure. I um, know there was a base amount of people. Yeah, and and there was there was some serious concern, and you know the you know this you know you're hearing that the parents didn't search the backpack, and I'm going, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, that probably should have been something that the parents did but also at the same time too like there should have been some type of mental health professional there or or mm-hmm. school resource officer there yeah because he should that... have been going back to class he should have been going to counseling or yeah. And, yeah yeah but i don't i don't see the parents necessarily thinking well the the gun is locked up at home i know it's locked up i know where it is he promised not to use it he doesn't have it I don't see why their first reaction, but I'm not a parent, is to say he has the gun. You know, I would to me, I would be more inclined to to believe that it it's not an issue. You know, to me, it doesn't matter because growing up around firearms, there are a few things that you know. This is as serious as a heart attack. When something Mm -hmm. like this comes up, it doesn't matter. You just you deal with it. Once you buy your kid a gun, you're responsible. So, like every month, that's the thing. Every moment is your responsibility. So. And so, and so in this moment, there was, there should have been no question. Uh, if, if the parents weren't going through that, their, their kids shit right there on the spot, mm-hmm. there should have been uh, a resource officer and, uh, you know, a mental Law health professional, because I mean, in terms of today's day and age, I think that alone would have been probable cause for an officer to go through that kid's stuff right there. Well, I agree. I had an officer go through my car because I locked it. I got locked myself out. He found a bowl, you know, but mm-hmm. I don't think the kid should like, it should have gone from that meeting to the parents taking the kid home and having further discussions. Like, right. I don't like, like I'm saying he would have the- never been out of my sight at least the rest of the day until there was ongoing counseling, you know? There was, there was, uh, I would say a negligent level of action in action mm-hmm. that, that was president, uh, president. Yeah. Now <clears throat> I would say that from now it really depends on what happens next. You know, I think Michigan has every reason and right based on this case to say that, you know, if teachers have anything like this happen, that there should be a resource officer and there should be a mental yeah. health professional in those meetings and that people should be going through that kid's shit. And the sheriff, the sheriff, said, the sheriff said the school didn't follow protocol. On okay. I hadn't seen them. That. You know what I mean? I hadn't like, seen that. The sheriff's so. department, law enforcement has protocols that go into effect when this happens and it didn't. Okay. The parents, the parents fought to keep the kid in class as opposed to, how it was supposed to go so there was a lot of mess ups in there i watched i did watch the sheriff's press conference and he was really bummed that he was responsible for a situation that they didn't address sooner and right 
So, so, you know, and, and that's the thing is, is that if there was a protocol in place and that didn't get followed, then, mm -hmm. then there's, seems like there's part that's on the school as well. Hey, um, is that teacher going to be charged with manslaughter because yeah, uh, they didn't follow protocol? That's a tough one, right? Well, and that's, well, that's the, and that's the tough part is, is that, you know, if that teacher didn't have the means to be able to, to do that, if it was up to a principal or a mental health professional right, and right, that wasn't right. there, you know, the, passing this bu this blame buck around is not gonna do anybody any good other than it's like i agree this it's like this is serious as a heart attack this happens these things have to happen period end of story there is no mm -hmm. ifs ands or buts so there's no arguing there's no nothing that's my like, point this we is can, what happens we can we can place blame on everybody right down to his friends that knew he had a gun but didn't know if he had it on him like we could or we could just we figure could out how to fix the solution or sick fix address the situation learn from it and get ready for the next time because they had shutdowns that really saved lives in that mm -hmm. school not enough lives but you know the shutdown actually went pretty well mm -hmm. i mean according considering you know, considering thank you <laughs> you know um it feels so, gross to say, but more people didn't die because of what we learned from other school shootings. And and that's really unfortunate. That that's that's an issue, mm -hmm. um, this day and age in my uh, you know in in especially for my kids. Yeah. You know, so you have what looks to be protocol failures. You have failures on on the part of the parent. You have all of that. Then when the school shooting actually happens you have the mother sending a text to the kids saying don't do it and the father leaving work to go home and see if that gun was at home and it wasn't so bad bad decision making all the way around Lots what do you of think that what do you think was going through the dad's head when he saw the gun wasn't there oh god i that's his moment of realization right like oh i fucked up or was it like Oh, I couldn't have known. Like, I wonder what he thought in that moment. It doesn't matter. Um, I think at, the, at that point, like, you know, you can, you can talk, you can talk about what was probably going through his head, but it doesn't matter. I think that, mm -hmm. you know, the, the failings of earlier in the day yes. are far greater than whatever was think, whatever he was thinking in that moment afterwards. But I don't, he learn, I, like, did he, did he learn his lesson in that moment? No, like, but he kind of learned. The, did he see the error of his way in that moment and say, now I'm fucked because I didn't do things right ahead of time? I want other people to realize there's moments like step, like a stepladder, moments of realization until you get to the point where you can't get past it. it. It doesn't matter. The moment of the moment of figuring this shit out happened when they got called into the school. Or like, giving him the fucking safe combination. Or whatever, <laughs> whatever they did. Yeah. Like, you know, it was a series of little fuck ups that led to a point of no return. Is my point, you know? Well, and and I would argue that there were little fucks of fuck ups, and and the big fuck mm -hmm. up came before the school shooting when those parents were in there. Yep. I yep, yep. don't give a shit, you know. Like as a parent, if if I found out my kid made any type of threat like that, you right. damn well bet that whatever is happening the rest of the day is me number one making sure that every other kid is going to be safe from my kid number one you're a parent first and a friend second you don't need and then to be number a friend two, to your kid all the time and number two then we're going to figure out what therapy looks like you know mm -hmm. we're we're going to go meet with somebody immediately yeah and from there we're going to figure out what has to happen in order for things to get better because he, if 
yeah. you have to think about public safety first, especially if you know you your if your kid may be a danger to others, and mm-hmm. that's tough to say. That is tough to say. You know, and this, and this is coming from somebody who was a danger to himself. Like, you know, uh, with, with my own depression issues, I was a danger to myself. I never wanted to hurt anybody else, but it was a danger to myself. And so as a parent, you know, what I learned is, is that you have to stop the danger aspect first. It doesn't matter if it's to somebody else or to the kid itself, you have to stop the danger aspect. And then from there, you have to figure out getting help for that kid immediately it's gotta be like it's like yeah. you you drop whatever fucking anything you have going on mm-hmm. it's immediate you're going you're going through steps like if you have to put your kid on a 72 hour hold then so be it but i think if your child is depressed and you know it you don't know <clears throat> if he's not depressed unless you talk to your child every day you need a baseline of who your child is you can't just pop into his life one day and say are you hiding depression from me i can't tell you should know your child (laughs) well to a certain extent you should have have built that trust and uh relationship up to where they could come to you and say i'm feeling depressed and you don't go oh i hate you you're going to jail i'm gonna punch you or something stupid you know even even in this day and age where there's more information about depression out there there's still a lot of people that don't understand what depression actually looks like uh-huh. and that's and that's a tough part is is that it's 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 hard to know what depression actually looks like in terms of youth and how do you address uh-huh. that um unless I'm getting judged one, for it though when, oh, you, when you bring it up and get judged for it then you don't know nobody will ever know if that person is depressed again because you judge them and now they're hiding it and you know nothing absolutely. they can act good and you can give them the bun the gun back because you think they're happy they're faking it could be maybe absolutely <laughs> at times yeah. in certain situations absolutely so that whole situation is where things get really fucked up for the kid Mm-hmm. Now, let's talk about a couple of interesting parts about this. Where number one, they're charging the kid with terrorism. I think, you know, I was interested to see how that charge was going to play out. Yeah. Because if if the kid was, you know, you know, planning this out, like if this was a well planned out thing, now there's going to be a lot of conflicting definitions of what well planned out means you're going to see the defense's uh-huh. version of it you're going to see the prosecution's version of it it's going to be kind of a fucking mess you um, an act that terrorized people dude <laughs> it's pretty simple to me it's but that's it, me but now here's the question if if the kid has mental health issues can you really call it terrorism and that is where number one there is no precedent for charging anybody with terrorism in a school shooting has never happened so so that that made it interesting number one but now when we got more information about the kid you know making these drawings saying i can't make the thought stop please help to me it became less likely that terrorism charges would stick um and and that's the tough part because i mean you can definitely try and draw the line between terrorism and mental health you absolutely could try and make that that link i think it's going to be a lot less likely to you're going to be a lot less likely to make that link i mean by the purest definition of the uh, of the word terrorism was it a terrorist act absolutely there's no question about that but i think you also have to factor in intent in in that line as well sure. and and the question around intent and somebody who is suffering from severe mental illness 
is is very difficult to paint that picture because I would argue that from a psychological standpoint, I don't know that we know enough to say whether or not that intent, that level of intent can or would exist. It's that's well beyond what I'm, I'm capable of under, uh, of knowing at this point. And, and so it's, there's going to be a lot of, uh, I don't knows in this. Anybody that murders somebody else has to have at least a inkling of insanity (laughs) to me. I mean, not, I don't disagree with that at all, but at the same time too, I think, you know, mm-hmm. when you look at when you look at terrorism, you know, you've got you know people that thoroughly believe what they're doing is right and just. And right. does that actually apply in this case? And the answer I have, is I don't think so. People so are I saying think, people are saying we need a domestic um, terrorism law, and I'm saying we don't because I don't want that to become this gray spectrum to where anything they want to put under a terrorist act is because they just justify it afterwards. Like I want to be real leery of domestic terrorism when other laws fit just as fine. Murder is just fine. You know, like murder murder is going to put him away forever. I don't need to call him a terrorist, you know? Well, and that's, and I think that's just it is, is that I think, I, I think that there are elements of terrorism that you can also charge, but I think you have to prove intent on uh, that there, that the intent was to not just murder, but scare the public into uh, uh, panic. And I, you know, you can make the case that, well, any shooting is going to do that. Absolutely. But I don't know that it's, it's tough. That's, that's, that's one that's going to be really tough to see. And especially when there is a very clear mental health, uh, portion to this. I want to say that maybe they added that in just to keep the bond up higher, you know, like you can drop a charge later, but you can also make it seem more than it is to get, I don't know. I think, I mean, did he even get bond option? I wouldn't, I think he did. Oh, uh, I don't remember what the bond option was. Um, I will say this when it comes to the removal or adding of charges, you know, they could have added terrorism later if they wanted to. I think, mm-hmm. I think what this boiled down to was a strategy on the, on the part of the, the prosecution for future school shootings is, is that they would start, you know, by adding terrorism into school shooting charges, which I don't think that they're necessarily wrong to do that. Now they can choose to drop that later, but at the same time too, it's like when you look at the number of school shootings that there have been, sure, you've got a lot of kids that end up taking their own lives that happen afterwards, but then you got some that were out to just send a message, whatever that message was. If a kid wants to kill a bunch of kids, calling him a terrorist is only going to ensure that he does that. Uh, you know, a terrorist says he's going to be remembered forever, whereas, you know, murder just says you're going away. And that's, and that's the tough part. You know, every everything is everything is kind of relative in that regard yeah. you know and and it, what it boils down to is intent and and so does Seems that like mean that kill to me i i wouldn't necessarily disagree but at the same time i can also see why they're looking at doing that because because when it comes to there's another factor in here is that when you have terrorism as one of the charges it opens up a lot of different resources for you to be able to use that's what I'm saying. They like I called it for bond, but there's there's more there's more options for you if you use a variety of charges. And and so like when you have somebody that's listed under terror, you know, uh, charged with mm-hmm. terrorism, 
you know, you have a lot more resources at your disposal. Um, they could have know. called it a hate crime if one of the people was a minority just to get the resources from the federal government to investigate mm-hmm. it more, you know. Which then turns out that you kind of needed some federal government resources when the parents got charged with involuntary manslaughter and fucked <laughs> off with themselves. They weren't fleeing. They weren't fleeing. Mm-hmm. They weren't yeah. fleeing. <laughs> They were found in a. They were found uh, quite a ways yeah. away. They had they had withdrawn four thousand dollars in cash. They were hiding in an empty commercial building. Yeah, I'm gonna go with bullshit. Um, Me too. Here's the thing. So, uh, having a bunch of friends and family that work in law and deal with, I would say, some of the worst of the worst. Um, mm-hmm. There have there have been times where, um, you know, basically. Um, you've had people that had committed some of the most heinous crimes imaginable and they went to their attorney's office and there they sat with their attorney until they got everything that they could in place. And then they called local law enforcement and the prosecutor's office and whatever other agencies that were going to be involved. And, and they flat out made the case. It's like, I, my client is here with me. They will be turning themselves in. You can pick them up at this location. Uh, We can, we can figure this out and do this however you want. Um, But I'm here to preserve my client's rights. And I have seen the worst of the worst peacefully arraigned under the guidance of their attorney. Like I've seen it personally. I have seen it. um, I have seen it done uh, with, through friends. I've even read about a number of cases. The fact of the matter is, is that those, if those attorneys, if, if they were not in direct line of sight of their client at that point, the choice that they made the moment that they were arraigned it should have been that those attorneys or somebody from their office uh, another attorney was headed there to meet their client to you know essentially be there with their client and make sure that they're literally on the phone with law enforcement and negotiating that release uh, to law enforcement yeah they didn't need permission to turn themselves in they didn't need permission to turn themselves in and more importantly like there needed to be a lot more communication than there was Mm -hmm. and when that guess what there wasn't there wasn't the communication there i mean the prosecutor didn't even tell the sheriff's office the charges were coming like the sheriff didn't even know these people were going to be charged so he didn't have them under surveillance or be watching them like somebody would do if charges were pending you tell you tell law enforcement that these people are going to be charged so law enforcement can be ready (laughs) and they weren't which allowed these people to escape public access america it's always funny because like especially because as you know libertarians we get a ton of shit even amongst other libertarians i think political philosophy is a lot like religion and where there's moments you have to go on faith and trust what somebody else is saying the main the main focus is it's like less dependence on the government because well We've seen how that's gone. And you don't have to do that if you think about it in a human way.
you know, more dependence on connections with each other. You can always bring it back to what would one human do for another? What would a hundred do for a hundred? People looking out for people. Find Public Access America anywhere you find your favorite podcast every Sunday and Thursday. And join the chat on YouTube at Public Access America every Sunday, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Communities looking out for community. Public Access America. History in the making. Making history in the making. In the making. In the making. In the making. Yeah, well, and, and the actions, like... So, so in, in legal terms, what you see is you see a number of different things. Like prosecutors do it, defense does it. You know, the idea is, is that you focus on a specific act and, and you say, oh, no, well, this act wasn't, you know, them trying to escape. And this act wasn't them trying to escape. And this act wasn't trying to escape. Mm-hmm. But uh, when you look at the totality of the circumstance is what it's called, each one of these individual actions don't uh, don't make them trying to escape but when you put all of it together it paints the picture that they were absolutely like trying to get the hell out of dodge the the lawyers did stick up for them in their arraignment i got mm -hmm. i woke up and turned on the tv and i watched the whole thing so yeah i watched it was it was it was an interesting process you know i watched that yeah and 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 i think that that's you know whether or not they had another attorney in there that could have been working on this or not, it's hard to say. Right. Um, but all I know is, is that, you know, the, the, those defense attorneys put out a statement the night before saying my clients will turn themselves in Mm -hmm. and then they didn't. Right. And that was not a good day for the defense. Mm-mm. or or the perceptions of the parents i was just you know it's a nope. funny the whole time i just wanted to ask you do you think the parents should have been charged do you think this is a new level in um charging it's a, it is a new level in charging and the the, the question becomes you know is, is it an appropriate level and i think absolutely in this case okay uh, i do if i do from the standpoint of if if the parents had no clue if there was, if there weren't any of these other things that happened at the school right. and this kid literally just like walked in and did what he did with none Col- of this other Columbine stuff, or yeah, like a Columbine sort of Sandy, then, then I would say possibly because I, I can't know what all scenarios existed at the home before yeah you would gather the evidence and make a determination we can't do that here we're not we're not those people we don't jump to conclusions like the media does no but based on the totality of the circumstances that happened the ammo thing by itself not enough to make me say "Mm." it was when the kids it was when the kid had drawn the picture that he did that Mm -hmm. said and it had the things on it that it had he asked and, for help and, and people denied him that help. Exactly. And, and, and at that point I would, this is where it's tough because I don't know if it's incumbent upon the law, if it's incumbent upon the parents, um, under how Michigan has it. Right. But as a parent at that point, there should have been absolutely no question that there were certain steps you needed to take. Mm-hmm. And those parents did not do that. Yeah. And so in this case, Absolutely. I think that they're absolutely um, going, they, they should have been charged and, uh, as they were. And, 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 and that is as somebody, as, as uh, an avid gun owner, um, you have to take safety 
very, very seriously, whether it is safety for yourself, safety mm-hmm. for your kid, or safety for the general public. You have to think about these things constantly when it comes yeah. to firearms ownership. And there's a good reason for that. These things are deadly on a good day. And in the hands of somebody that doesn't know what they're doing, it's dangerous. But in the hands of somebody who does know what they're doing, it's worse. And in the hands of somebody who is absolutely committed to making something happen, there was already evidence that this kid planned on making something happen. That drawing, that reason that the teacher brought those parents in was proof positive that this wasn't a joke, this wasn't art, this wasn't anything that should have been poo-pooed. Now, you can talk about whether the school is uh, at fault for this, whether law enforcement's at fault for this. I just want to stop it from happening again. I want to let people know where it was that it went derailed, and I think you hit it. I think, like you said about guns, I think taking your responsibility as a parent seriously is imperative to creating a child that doesn't go around killing other people. And so I think if your child at any point in any manner says, even as a joke, I need help. You need to shut up and say, tell me more and give carve out space immediately to listen Mm -hmm. to them every time. And even if it's about something stupid, it's not stupid to them. right? Right. Right. And, and that's the other thing too, is, is that as a parent, you have to be willing to take some pretty drastic steps as well. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, if, if you think that your child is potentially going to harm somebody with a firearm and you have a house full, you have a house that has several firearms in it, you yeah. need to be making arrangements to have those firearms removed from your property in the short term. Right. Because and, even great parents have kids with issues. I'm not saying exactly. that, but you can mitigate that a bit. And and you can see, I like to see the future by paying attention to the present, right? And you can right. do that with a child. You know where they're headed if you pay attention to them. But it's hard to turn turn a cruise ship from hitting an iceberg when you see it right there. You know, right? Give yourself enough time and space to see the the trajectory of your child. And don't ignore the fact that you're about to hit a fucking iceberg. Right. Right. That's the other thing. And then be like. Oh, and then send a message later saying, don't do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was that for? So, so when, when, so when the shooting started and yeah, I just wonder broke, what her, what her goal was, what she thought would actually happen by telling her kid, don't do it after he had started. Uh, I don't know what her goal was, but I know what that's going to be used for. Because there was no news report that she saw that said he's about to shoot people, right? So there was no way that that was preemptive. No. She heard that he had done it and told She heard that there was a shooting and then wrote, don't do it. Right, right, right. So the fact of the matter is, is, is that that's not exactly a very helpful text for the defense. Right. No, it isn't. Um, so... Um, <laughs> Yeah, that was that was that that's it's a bad day and in terms of you know uh yeah. in terms of all those families and there was a massive fuck up there and whatever the protocol is is or is going to be after this i think yeah. that it's something that they're going to get figured out and that needs to be replicated um in every state yeah, I you just know. think parents can't push the responsibility of raising their child off on law enforcement or no. educators. Like at some point, 
it has to be the responsibility of a parent to keep that kid on track. And like I said, even great parents have kids that go off the rails and that's going to happen, but it won't happen as much as if we pay attention to them. Right. So it's, this is truly a tragic, tragic incident. There's no, there's no question about that, but there were some very obvious failings and those, unfortunately there's, there are people who are dead and wounded because of those failings. And, and I think that, you know, there's going to be a need, the, the need for justice is strong. And the reality is, is that people abdicated their responsibility. You know, and, there's, a, there's a judgment where people are convicted, but there's never like a paper that says these are the root causes that could solve the issue next time. You know what I mean? Well, there's no scientific yeah. panel like addressing and studying these statistically to prevent them. They're just saying, Oh, this guy did it. He's guilty by, we don't want to know anymore. Really? Like, <laughs> you know, and, and that's, but that's, and that's just it is, is that, you know, that's unfortunately been strategic, you yeah. know, if, if, yeah. if, if it's a mental health issue and having to admit it's a mental health issue is going to require then that you supply mental health resources in order to prevent the issue. And so I would say that unfortunately the system is functioning as intended. I think it's a mental health issue, but there's other things that contribute, you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. mental health alone doesn't kill people, but mental health and opportunity (laughs) might. So mental health and opportunity might. And uh you know unfortunately uh inaction mm-hmm. uh, also does but you know if you take away somebody's gun and they want to kill people they'll find another way to do it it's true it's very true i mean unfortunately you know waukesha is dealing with the fact that you had several people die and several people injured because somebody ran over a christmas parade oh my god yeah so the idea that it's you know that there isn't another way is unfortunately false yeah he used a truck right like i was trying to think to myself like guns give you the option to kill but what doesn't like even water gives you the option to kill somebody so it's a tough thing you you name an object and i could probably think of a way to kill somebody with it (laughs) you know and and you know when we look at what what mass killing looks like it's an entirely different discussion as it is yeah i think what it boils down to is is that you know there is absolutely a mental health aspect and it's been something that's been shoved aside Mm -hmm. um rather than addressed you know people who want to keep their firearms rights but not address mental health issues in regards to mass killings yeah. what's going to end up happening is you're going to have your rights adjudicated for you. Uh, Cause at some point people are going to have, have, uh, they're going to have enough and mm-hmm. they're going to decide what your right is. And if you don't want that to happen, regulate yourself. And if that includes, you know, addressing the issue through mental health, then it's time to actually start having an earnest discussion about helping people through mental health and putting yeah. the resources in place so that kids are getting adequate mental health uh, services available to them, whether it's at school, whether mm-hmm. it's after school, you know, it's there. We know that it can help. There's more privacy in mental health. 
honestly. The fact that somebody needs to be reported if they're thinking or want to talk about these things is is really problematic, you know? I, I, this uh, kid could have found a counselor just on his own, walked in, sat down. I wish it was, I wish that's the way it was, that he could have found somebody to talk to before this happened. And I wish it would have been his parents, you know? <laughs> Yeah. But maybe not. They seem a little stupid. Maybe I don't want him talking to them. Maybe I want him finding professional help. I wish it was more readily available, accessible, and private so that people could have these conversations. You know? uh, well, and that's the tough part is when, uh, when you're looking at the edge of public health, you mm -hmm. know, if somebody says, hey, I'm thinking about killing a bunch of people at my school, I don't know that I'd want just the parents involved or only the therapist involved because when it comes to public health and safety, you have, I think you have to be as cautious as possible. But do you think there's a way that a therapist, I'll end on that. I have to end on this. <laughs> do you think there's a way a therapist could work with the patient in moving that forward? Like instead of the therapist reporting them, having the person agree to report it right? Like that, isn't that what therapy is getting a person to a better place of acknowledgement in terms of, in terms of something like that? I don't think so, but I think basically what you can do is temper the response, you know, right. so basically, you know, the immediate response, the immediate. So, so basically, you know, it's, it's that, Hey, you know, let's be on alert for, mm -hmm. you know, rather than, Oh shit, something's happened. You know, right. and that's the, and that's the difference is, is that I think that even in terms of like, a, you know, let's say that you, you have a therapist that yeah. reports the kids saying, Hey, you know, I want to hurt people. You know, law enforcement has to be notified number one, but number two, give that gives people the power that gives family the power to figure out how to keep you know, number one, themselves and their kids safe. And, but more importantly, the public in general safe. And course, but it prevents the kid from <clears throat> actually ever starting the process. Unless well, he draws a picture that says, help me and people ignore him. You know? Well, And what it boils down to is, is that if you're going to number one, treat it, number one, and number two, view it as punishment, then yeah, it's never going, if, if it's a punishment thing, it's never going to get better, but it's going to see it as punishment. Even if it isn't, that's, I don't think it's punishment. I think the kid would see it as punishment. Well, and that's, and that's where you have to set up these expectations and that's where education comes in and parenting. Yeah. Yeah. I love you, Jeffrey. Thanks for being here. Love you too. You, you take do this care all the time. Go give everybody a hug. Will do. Happy holidays. Thank you for listening to Public Access America. You can find our live stream on YouTube every Sunday, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, and find our podcast anywhere you find your favorite podcast. <laughs> Yay. Oh, shit. I almost hit the wrong button. To those who would tear the world down, we will defeat you. This is our moment. This is our time. To those who seek peace and security, we support you. Yes, we can. And to all those who have wondered if America's beacon still burns as bright, tonight we prove once more that the true strength of our nation comes not from the might of our arms or the scale of our wealth, but from the enduring power of our ideals, democracy, liberty, opportunity, and unyielding hope. Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. Place. And I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it.
as hard as life. Ask not. Yes, we can. What your country can do for you. I have a dream. Ask what you can do for your country. My poor little children. Yes, we can. One day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I don't have to tell you things are bad. Everybody knows things are bad. It's a depression. In this lifetime, you don't have to prove nothing to nobody except yourself. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. To public, to public access, access America. America. Yes, we can. Sunday live streams Sunday on live YouTube. Streams. I wanted to run out of that tunnel for my dad. On Twitter, on Twitter. Twitter. Apple Podcast, Stitcher, Stitcher, Radio, Radio, Radio Public, Public, and Spotify. Yes, we can. Public Access Public America. Access history America. in the making. Making history in the making. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.